The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Claude Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. And thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name's Clive and I am joined by Ricky. Hello Ricky, welcome back to the show. Oh, that's right motherfuckers, I'm back. <laughs> um, it's good to be back, it's been a long three weeks I believe. According to Skype, the last time we spoke was the 27th of June, that can't be right can it? It could be. It I think could it be. is. So th- this is the first time I've heard your voice in a month. <laughs> That's true, actually. I can't say the same for you because obviously I hear you on the podcast when you've been recording with me. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want to talk about tonight? Let let me um, brief you that a bit better for you. <laughs> Obviously, you've missed quite a lot of WWE product where you've not missed it, but you've not had a chance to talk about it. So I thought we'd just give you the floor for the first few minutes, touch on whatever you want. There's been some controversial topics in the news. There have been some controversial booking and pay-per-views. So on you go, what would you like to discuss first? Um, trying to think. So first of all, I may as well just say what's... Uh, what I feel most passionate about, the fans that hijacked Extreme Rules main events after all the Dolph Ziggler. I've heard people use the excuses that they wanted the WWE title as the main event. I've heard people saying there were far too many finishes. Oh, sorry, pinfalls. And I, in that sense, I I probably would have taken one off each person at least, I think. I was, I'm alright with how many went with, but I probably would have taken one off each. The problem is, some people saying when they started doing the countdown of the clock that it was because we didn't want this match to be an event or they were, we were annoyed with how the match was going and the amount of pinfalls, etc. That countdown to the f- clock started before any pinfall took place. Mm-hmm. So that blows that theory out the water completely. Crowd don't know what the fuck they were doing and why they felt we need to do it. And the people who are saying, well, now you've just proven Vince right, well, Roman, it, it's not Roman, it's a problem, the crowd are just going to do what they want. I don't know if I buy into that. I can get where people are coming from, but I can understand that if that's Vince's mentality, then he's more than more than just if he wants to go in that direction. Now would say, well, you've had your chance and you sort of blew it. What with Seth? Yeah, or just anyone really in general outside of Roman potentially because Roman are main events every pay-per-view. Um, so yeah, I was pissed about that. The overall um, Extreme Rules pay-per-view, it was one or two real good moments, uh, some one or two real shocking moments, 
overall I thought it was quite solid and it, it, it kind of for me ties in bar a handful of pay-per-views in the last sort of 12, 18, 12 months or so we've, I think me and you specifically we've always come out away with it saying right fine maybe there weren't any quote-unquote five-star matches or anything but it was a, it was quite a solid pay-per-view overall and that's what I left with Extreme Rules um, let's say he's a couple of shocking moments with Nakamura beating Jeff Hardy the way he did um, but yeah let's say the main thing you take from that is what happened in the main event which was unsavoury it really wasn't nice at all it was just like what are you gaining from this like mm-hmm. everyone has said for a long time that IC title is like the main the main attraction on Raw Seth Rollins we've been blowing him up for the last 6 to 9 months we we wanted him to main event the pay-per-view. He got the chance and people were too enamoured with the fucking clock. Yeah, I mean, you were hinting or suggesting that it maybe has blown Seth's chance of getting a main event again. But we've also said as well that the fans... We've also said in the past that Vince is stubborn with the likes of Roman Reigns. So, well, that's the general consensus among a lot of people. But I don't think I think it has shown that Vince is still stubborn because we're going to get Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins again at SummerSlam. So it's not as if he's just thinking, no, stuff it, I won't have them fight each other anymore. Seth is still in a featured feud for an important title. I uh, don't know if there will be any stipulation, where it'll be on the card, but at least they're sticking to it and it looks like it would appear that they haven't changed plans as a result of what happened at Extreme Rules. So that's a bonus. Yeah, I kind of I think this will be the the blow off to the feud though. Um, so I I'm kind of just projecting quite early. I'd, I'd imagine Dolph will, can, will retain. So I uh, said I think that will be the end of the feud. For all we know, they could then potentially have Ambrose could come back and we could get Ambrose and Seth versus <clears throat> Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Who knows? Um, yeah, but that's it. It gives Vince that quote unquote that excuse or the ammo just to decide. No, well, I tried to give you what you wanted, but you look what you've done. Um, so like I say that left a real bad taste um, in my mouth, and it gets to the point that you see it happening quite often, and you just kind of want to now watch the matches on mute, but. But I will say this, I won't allow people to dictate how I watch it, so I'll, I'll sit and watch it with the volume on. Because I'm not going to be satisfied either way, but I'm not I'm not going to give people the satisfaction of me having to 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 turn the volume down. As much as they are corporate shills and they have advertisements shoved and shouted into their ear, uh, it's having commentary and the sort of general ambience of a crowd atmosphere still helps me enjoy a wrestling match more um, especially when it's in the likes of Full Sail or like if they're like a hot Raw crowd or a hot Smackdown crowd because they can be hot when they want to be it's just for some reason the Extreme Rules crowd at the end of the night decided we're going into business for ourselves and I don't think it's excusable to be honest No I don't think so either Um, but yeah that's all I really wanted to say about Extreme Rules do you have anything to say about a certain Terry Bollea, also known as 
Mr. America. <laughs> right, so... Hulk Hogan, for anyone who's unsure of what the hell I'm talking about. So here's the thing, like... I've said to you, <laughs> and on, I remember, I can't remember if it was pre-social suplex or while we were on social suplex, social, social suplex, you couldn't get out there, um, that we were once talking about Ric Flair, and I, I don't know if you remember, but I instantly said to you, I just don't get it when it comes to Ric Flair. And I think that was a little, <laughs> it was more than a little half, but see when it comes to Hulk Hogan, I don't care about him. Mm-hmm. I've said it to you for a long time. I don't care. We never grew up in that era. We didn't. We grew up with Austin Rock. So I couldn't care less about Hogan. I understand what he's done for the business. And, and, and arguably outside of Vince McMahon, or even if you want to include Vince into it if you want, he may be the biggest and greatest name in professional wrestling history. He's certainly on that Mount Rushmore alongside Cena, Austin and Rock and that's not so much the wrestling ability, I think it's just what they've done for the business and how they elevated it, because it started kind of with obviously started way back with Bruno, but then Hulk took it to a level and then Austin Rock continued and then Cena and people can't really deny that um, mm-hmm. but when he said what he says, it was all, you knew he was going to come back you just didn't really know when I think I don't think me, you, or anyone can tell anyone how how they can how they can feel about this. That's I think true. if you if you're pissed off about it, he's back. I think that's fine. If you accept it, that's fine. If you if you if you take even if you take like Rance, Rance is somewhat down the middle. He says I can accept him being back, like but as long as he's never on TV, not advertised, etc. So he should, and I think Ranchi's that quote was that he should make a dime from the company. <sighs> Honestly, I the Hall of Fame means nothing to me. I think it's just it's a bit of a sh- it's a sham. The only time that I remotely cared about Hall of Fame was when Kurt Angle was inducted. But I think in you as well, that was more so because Kurt was back on yeah, WWE that, TV. It wasn't to do with was. Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And the only other time I don't care is if own, when own heart if and when own heart gets in because it kind of means like everybody's hugged out or they're in talking terms or at least that on amicable amicable decent terms and it'll be a big sort of moment. Um, for me, it was he he never seemed genuine in his apology for what he said. Not at all. It was. I was recorded. If I wasn't recorded, if someone didn't do this behind my back, which and it's and, and that act itself is kind of shady that you've went and recorded someone without them knowing. But he never once really kind of apologised. He was like, "Look, I said something that I I really shouldn't have said, and I, I'm sorry if I offended people." But it was more so, I apologise for for being caught, or and it was always the message kind of comes across like, "Just be wary of what you're saying to people because you just don't know who's around." It was like. Well, what you said was 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 quite horrific, and like for me, it's not even the words. Yes, it is the words that he used, but it was more the tone, and it was just utter. Like, what what when he says it, it was like it's just utter contempt. That was the kind of tone. It was like that's no way to talk about another human being just because of the colour of their skin. Yeah, it came across as 
a sort of dialogue that he's thought in his head for a long time. Exactly. And like I said, for me, it was just utter contempt. That's the tone that I got when he said it, and I was like, wow, like, you think of that lowly of someone just purely because of the colour of their skin? Like, you judge a man or woman based on who they are as a man or woman, nothing to do with sex, race, religion, colour, skin, anything. You just treat them whether they're good or bad. So, in that sense, like, I don't think you'll ever get a proper apology because if he's not done it now, what is the incentive to do it now? Because he's back in Hall of Fame and potentially could be back on TV one day. Well, but I think the bottom line is a lot of people are happy to see him back because a lot of people grew up idolising him and a lot of people are not happy to see him back and I don't think we can turn around and tell anyone how they should be feeling. We, sh- we can't. It's not our place. But we can give our sort of judge of yep. character, as it were. And personally... Hulk Hogan is is a scumbag. <laughs> it really is, and he's a racist, uh, self-serving, like selfish, disingenuous, politicking, yep. sort of sad, desperate. He's he's a scumbag, right? So he's the Hall yeah. of Fame. He's been reinstated in there. Fair enough. Couldn't care less. The Hall of Fame, as it is at the moment, is full of scumbags. Because apart from. As you say, Kurt Angle, that was more of a sort of I just want to see him back, but I don't hold much water for the Hall of Fame anyway. I would be a hypocrite to start defending um, specific inductees when they've beat up their wives or had issues with murders or issues with alleged sexual offences against underagers or you've had affairs with the boss's daughter, whatever they've done. So I'm not going to go down that road. So Hogan's back in the Hall of Fame, fair enough. But if I see... In 2018, we've got already got a bad problem with part-timer dinosaurs taking up valuable time and spots and opportunities. If I see Hogan back on normal TV, then I'll, I'll be fast-forwarding all those segments. Not even out of protest, just get this guy off my screen. Yeah, I don't watch... I never watched any of his segments. I think the last segment of his I watched was... Oh, what WrestleMania was it? When him, Austin and Rock opened the show and they'd done a wee promo. 30. Um... Was it thirty? I can't remember. He came out and he said, "Oh, it's a silver dome or the Afro dome." I can't remember what he said, but that was the only time I've watched one of his segments. Um, could not care less about the guy. Uh, I think for me as well, I can't make my mind up. Well, I like for me, I'm probably going to bother. I'll say I'll, I'll probably take the side of I don't know if he should have come back because, like I say, it's just not been a genuine apology. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, it's more than anything. I really, like I say, I'll say it. I've said it once. I'll say it a few times. The contempt in his tone, and he was talking about these, and talking about the, the color of a guy's skin, the boyfriend, or was it was it a boyfriend? Or, I can't remember. Was was horrible, absolutely horrible. Like, well, it's one thing to think about these things, but then to come out and actually say it, like you shouldn't think it anyway in the first place. But if you are, if you have got those thoughts. Get them out your get them out your head because you shouldn't be thinking like that. But if you continue to keep thinking like that, don't fucking share that with other people because that's that's absolutely horrible. But I suppose having those thoughts is just almost just as bad as actually saying them. I know. Um. So yeah, I think truly, I think truly, like people like yourself and me will never really will never truly understand just how much those words hurt because. It, it's guys like Ranson, Rich, and Jeremy, etc., that that can. Re- I think ultimately, 
like, we can't tell those guys how to feel because the words he used would have affected them a lot worse than it would have affected us. Well, I'm, I'm under the impression that you've had some derogatory language that, yeah, aimed at yourself. Exactly. And I said, I've said, I said it to Rance on Messenger, it was on WhatsApp, that I can relate to a certain extent because of my heritage of Pakistani descent and Muslim. Like, I've had people say racist things to me, but... Like, I think when, when someone says something to me, and if they say something about the colour of, say, someone like Rancy skin, like, I don't... You can compare it in the sense that someone's being racist, but there's just... It's that more vile when you say it to... When you say it to... When you use the N-word, because mm. of everything they've been, that country has done and what that country's been through, etc. So you can relate to it in that sense, but like I say, I think at the end of the day... What it comes down to is you feel how you feel, I feel how I feel, and no, I don't know if there's a right or wrong here. If I'm honest, I always feel like you should try and give some, like most people, a second chance, unless it's you know murderers and rapists or whatever. But in order to get a second chance, you've got to actually repent. You've got to be, you've got to be genuinely sorry for what you've done, and you don't really get that. You never got that impression from Hogan from day one. Just like his career, and I'll use some wrestling parlance, he's basically trying to get himself over. Yeah, get, that's it. Again. That's, like I say, I don't want to see him. Uh, but And I never wanted to see him even before what he said, but now more than less if I see him again. I don't want to see him again. Mm. Shall we move on to more positive news? We shall. So, um, the McMahon family... Sans, Linda and Shane came out on Raw this week and announced the first ever all-women's pay-per-view on October the 24th. Is that right? 28, I want to say it was. 20-something, anyway. Um, it's going to be called Evolution and it'll be an all-women's pay-per-view in the Nassau arena. Good news? Are you happy with that? So, yes, yes, yes. Um, just a quick answer, yeah, I am. <laughs> You, I think, you didn't mean to hesitate there, did you? <laughs> no, I was going to tell you why I was a wee bit hesitant about it. But no, on you go. But first, I think we were talking and we kind of thought maybe it was going to be the tag titles they were going to announce, but maybe they might do that later. I was hesitant about having an all-women's pay-per-view only because I didn't want them to announce it like a day or a couple of days or a week after the Greatest Royal Rumble. All right, okay. That's because a snapshot reaction. Mind, yep, in my mind, if they'd done that, for me, it would have kind of come across like we're just trying to save face and we're just doing this just so we look good. And it's like, you know, I would have watched it then. I would have still got behind it, but that would have been my feeling at the time. And, even, and for all we know, it might that they might have been thinking the opposite. And they know this was this was a plan all along. And maybe it would have been if they were going to do it that way. If they were going to announce it like a week after the Greatest Royal Rumble. But you, you couldn't help but think that maybe that's what they were... If they had announced it then, that's what they were thinking. Oh, we better hurry up and save face. Fast forward a few months and they've announced it now. I am too... I'm all in. All in on this pay-per-view. Good. Um, I think it's going to be absolutely unbelievable. I, I, I think... I saw people say, oh, it's just sort of like to see a showcase, to see how Vonda main events a pay-per-view or anything like that. And I don't, I don't buy that. I feel like they were going to do this. Well, she wasn't um, even there, was she? 
Well, when you announced Greatest Royal Rumble, I don't know. You know, it might have been just as she was coming, or no, I mean the. Was she because she was kayfabe suspended? So was Ronda actually part of the? No, no, she wasn't. No, but I think I saw people on Twitter and stuff say that. Well, it's just to see who who it's like. Oh, who's Ronda going to face in the main event of this match and this pay per view? But overall thoughts, looking forward to it. Um, I saw something on Twitter that someone said it'd be br- it'd be excellent if they had an all female commentary team as well. That would be something really different and it would be actually it would be really really good as well uh, maybe, um, maybe not Lita she wasn't the best in the May Young Classic see I think I think you're, um, the two that came to mind was, would have been Renee Young definitely yep. and then it would either have been Lita or Beth Phoenix but I think I saw somewhere that Beth Phoenix is actually going to be on the card alright Again, I think I saw that on Twitter, so I need to, I need to go back and double check and find it if I can. But you'd imagine someone like her would be on the card. Like they're going to. I think I think it's already people are saying that they're going to bring back previous female wrestlers, and so they should because, like I said, it started a long time ago, and they deserve it as well, just like they've done at the the Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. Um, and I also saw that we're going to have SmackDown Raw Women, both women's title defended. We're going to have the NXT title defended as well, and it's going to be the May Young um, final as well. Oh, right, is it? I didn't know that, Pat. I, so I saw that on Twitter. I kind of, it came from an actual proper journalist. Right. Um, now I can't remember his name now. Um, so it, it seems like that's legit. So uh, that will be good as well. They're getting the NXT uh, females involved as well. But I say, bottom overall, um, really looking forward to it. And I think one of the biggest things I took away from it was when Triple H was doing his promo. It, I don't know how it felt to others, but you felt the emotion and the genuine happiness through the TV. There was because it did come across as genuine at that point. It really did, and like because I would say, just about every single female wrestler on the roster bar maybe one about two or three maybe maybe five or half a dozen at the most I can't think of. I don't even <laughs> think it's really much is that seven nine hundred and four <laughs> so have all come through NXT and they all have, were influenced by Triple H influenced, and Triple H are massive influence in where they are now so it was kind of nice as well to see that that he was involved in the announcement I, would, I can understand why Stephanie and Vincent they were all out there but the reality is we all know that was Triple H that played a massive part in getting the women wrestling to where it is at this moment in time. Um, and I'm kind of hoping when it comes to the pay-per-view, he has his fingerprints all over the matches and all up and down the card. Because I think as, as much as the women deserve it, because they do, I think Triple H deserves recognition as well for what he's done. Good point. Um, so yeah, let's see. Um, overall thoughts are, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm... I'm hoping though, I understand, I know it's, I don't know if it's going to be like a one-off pay-per-view, but let's just say it is, for instance, I'm hoping I don't just put anyone and everyone on the card just for the sake of it and start having these battle royals. It'd be nice if they gave it some, like, and I think they will give it some real good thought and have some proper storylines going into it, and I hope it is, I think it is the 28th of October, which is a Sunday, and and that gives it that proper pay-per-view feel rather than being on a Wednesday or Thursday where you're just thinking like well this just feels like a, a house show in a sense 
So I'm thinking they're going to treat it, they're going to treat it like a proper bona fide pay per view, and that, and so they should. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it is a good idea on paper. The whole women's um, revolution, evolution thing, it's been on the crest of a wave for a few years now, and it's still riding high with all that's been done in 20, 2018 alone. As for whether the pay-per-view will be a success, well, you touched on Triple H having his fingerprints over it. I would like that, but at the end of the day, that's all down to the writing team then. They struggle to hit, the writing team in general struggle to hit it out of the park a lot of the time when it comes to pay-per-views. Um, so I don't, I don't, I kind of don't expect this to be any different just because it's an all women's show. Like, it's not going to be fantastic because it's just all women. If it's bad, then barring like a sort of ECW December to Dismember mitigated disaster, I just hope it's not felt that this was shit because it was on women's only pay per view. I'd rather it was this was shit because it was a pay per view written by an inept nonsensical team of creative writers oh you're going to get people saying that though see, I, guarantee, I know but I guarantee see if every single match on the card is 0.5 star people are going to say see women wrestlers they're, they're useless all they are they, you know all these typical comments about a female that that's what people are going to come and say because people are already starting to say it now you know um, but just I, th- I, I think I want to be positive towards it, but I'm not, I know where you're coming from. I just, huh. I'm not. Ju- I'm think- not jumping for joy. It's not a case of yes. I'm, I'm. I'm obviously happy. I think they do deserve it. It's just, as far as I'm concerned, if they want equality, then give them equality, and judge the pay per view on the quality of the creative and the booking. And that's. I, I agree with you there, and I think. I won't go. I won't go into that pay per view with the mindset or the attitude. Oh well, if it's not a very good match, it's fine. I'll just say it's just because it's it was a women's only pay per view, so I'll, I'll I'll let them away with it. No, no, I'll go into it the same way. I, I go into some right WrestleMania some or some. I'll look forward to some matches, or two, and mm-hmm. and I'll tell it the way it is. You know, I won't. I won't. I won't try and say. I won't butter them up. Uh-huh. Uh, and complimenting them just because it was an all women's show. If it was a bad match, I'll say it's a bad match. Just like there's been there's bad male matches all the time, and we call it out all the time. So this won't be any different. Exactly. So, but te- like I say, I'm looking forward to it. See, in terms of fleshing out the card, I know you're saying there uh, don't have everyone on the card. I think they will, even if it does mean a pre-show, but. You could easily flesh that out. You've got, as you say, you've got your two main roster title matches, an NXT title match. You said they'd get the May Young final. If they really wanted to, they could t- coincide it with the NXT women's, the NXT UK women's title, depending on how the story's going with their booking. Uh, you could have one or two number one contender matches, or something like a battle royal or a tournament. There's the, every opportunity for some sort of blood feud. Sasha Bailey, looking at you here. Uh, maybe a tag match of some description so I think it is more than doable to one, flesh out the card and two, make use of most if not all of the women's roster to, that's what I'm saying like when I say don't just throw everyone into a battle royal like because you know <laughs> like we all have like 
a soft spot for something stupid, like some stupid gimmick or some rest or whatever. And you know, mine's is a Royal Rumble Battle Royal thing. I just, I, I don't know why, but I just like them. Mm-hmm. But it's the same with the ones that we do at WrestleMania. Don't do it for the sake of doing it. Like, give give us a reason to be excited for that match. Uh-huh. Give you us know, the like, Ronda if, versus if, 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 whoever. Uh, Raw versus SmackDown or whoever wins it gets a title shot. You know, I've said that before. You can spruce up the, the WrestleMania ones and let's say that if we do this for the all-women's pay-per-view, just give us an extra wee stipulation or even if you have a couple of moments in the match where I'll just use Sasha and Bailey for example. There and and then one eliminates the other. They'll even done at WrestleMania. Like even if you just give us a couple of moments like that in the match, then it could be well worth it. But don't just give us a battle royal for the sake of giving us a battle royal. I would like it mm. if, like I says, if there is some sort of caveat for the winner. Yeah, I don't think we'll see any sort of Raw versus SmackDown because you have Survivor Series as the next. Well, it it would be the next pay per view, wouldn't it? Yeah, because Survivor Series will that'll probably take place a few weeks later as well. Brand warfare stuff. Yep. But, but actually, if if the reports are true, which match they're going to put on it, then that could be four like real stellar matches right there. We could get. Yeah, I'm um, um, fingers crossed for the U- UK NXT women's match as well of some description. They'll actually be starting their first tapings this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and who knows? We might even, we might even, we might even for all we know bring in women, uh, women's tag titles, and you could have they could crown the winners of a tag tournament on that show as well. So uh-huh. it probably will be. I think it, just thinking the amount of matches you've got, it probably you're probably looking at about somewhere between a three to four hour show. And I hope, I hope if it goes three hours, that people don't complain. That all oh, look at that they cut the women short an hour just because they're women, uh-huh. and I hope if it goes more than four, I hope people are not saying look at that they're just pandering to whoever, you know. I just some shows run more than four, some don't. Like Extreme Rules ran for about three forty, I think it was. Alright. Um, so know, do you know what I noticed about Extreme Rules? They're trying to sort of go towards these four-hour pay-per-views, but they had a lot of... They could have trimmed a lot from that show. There was a lot of replays, and there was a bit where it seemed as if there was some sort of delay from going back to some sort of backstage footage to Michael Cole and company. So it's as if they're trying to flesh it out. It's like, let's get this as close to four hours as possible. See if it's not close to four hours, just leave it. Yeah, and I think I think the reason why they say they're going to go for it is just in case they do go for it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then they don't. Like, because there's nothing worse if you're going something advertised for three hours, but it runs out, runs over an hour. You'd rather run over five minutes or you go 15, 20 minutes less. So, no, but I do agree with you. Um, like I say, it... That that seems that that sort of ties in with Raw as well. That they kind of just do things for the sake of doing things to fill up time and stuff like that. But sometimes I didn't the, pay, the extreme rules pay per view didn't feel four hours to me. Uh, one or two matches I wasn't that enamoured with, but I think overall, like I said, I felt it. I felt it was mm. kind of solid. It was solid, but there weren't any standouts. And I think I think to calm the nerves of some of the folk that are on the edge we need a couple of classic matches on the main roster do you do you agree with that 
I mean, we got Dolph and Seth back to back weeks. I mean, on a pay per view, sorry. On a pay per view. Yeah, I suppose, but I, I, I enjoyed the last two matches, Extreme Rules. Uh, I enjoyed Lashley and Lesnar, Lesnar, uh, Roman, the last sort of five minutes or so. Um, but if, if that's the way you're thinking, I think you're going to get that at SummerSlam. Uh huh. Is SummerSlam going to be five hours? Probably. Oh dear. That will be a taking the next day off work kind of thing. What, what date's that? Do you know off the top of your head? Is it not the last Sunday in August? So it will be the 26th. I've had quite a few days off booked already, so I'm not sure if I'll get it off. But I'm sure I'll fit it in somehow. I think what comes to worst for me would be... Um, no, sorry, 19th of August. 19th of August, so... We're looking at three weeks on Sunday. Right. So I think if what's come to us, I'll probably end up needing to take a half day and finish at 12 o'clock the next day and just go somewhere and watch it before going to play football. So Would that be the Chili Grill, by any chance? It would. I would go to the Chili Grill on Sucky Hall Street and then I'd probably go to a Starbucks and just sit and enjoy it and then go to football. What, what name would you put on the Starbucks cup? Your given name or your ring name? <laughs> My given name. Cool. Uh how do you think the build to SummerSlam has been so far? I know there's still a few weeks out, but we've had a few matches in it um, confirmed. I think when you just look at the card at the moment, and if you kind of project what you think is going to be on, on the card, the card's looking pretty, in my mind, pretty damn good. Um, you got Roman and Brock. Now, I think if you book that sort of 50-50 or hell, even if, if this is Brock's last match, why not just let Roman put an absolute beating on him? Um, if you book that properly, and let's say, I don't know if they will, but even if you just kind of ignore that match, um, you've got from the raw side, Seth and Dolph, again, which I'm still looking forward to. You would have Braun and... KO. Ah, yes. I've got a few words about that one. We'll touch on it in a second. You would have... I'm assuming it's going to be B-Team versus a Revival. Which could be good as well. Has there been any sort of talk from the Revival recently? Well, you know how they're sort of like camera seems to pan backstage and they're standing there yeah, watching I, I keep forgetting they, about they, that they've they done, they done it again on Monday during the match mm-hmm. so and then you flip to the Smackdown side we've got AJ versus Joe first time ever in WWE <laughs> yes yep of course but um, their stuff in, when it was TNA back in the day was Unfucking believable Sterling um, stuff. Unbelievable. I really, really loved that stuff. And you had Christopher Daniels in there as well. Um, I mean, that, that match alone is is worth paying for it. Well, I do ask fans to have, hold, like, be cautious about this because last year we were all yeah. really excited about AJ Styles and Kevin Owens and it kind of failed to deliver. 
we were clamouring for AJ and Nakamura this year and people don't agree that that was that great. Now we've got another dream matchup for AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. So just don't get your hopes up too much. I think for like I think the KO one, even KO himself says it, it just didn't. It just wasn't. It didn't work. Nakamura and AJ Styles. I think most folk will say, do you know what? Outside that last sort of thirty seconds of each match, like it was kind of decent stuff. I quite and enjoyed know, that last man standing match actually. When I think yep. back about think back to it. Yep, and and we know what AJ and Joe have done to. To, done, done together in the past I certainly know and I know a lot, a, lot, a lot of other people have saw it so in that sense I'm going to excite I'm always just going to get excited when I see these type of matches and who knows if we're disappointed or not but I don't know then you've got Bludgeon Brothers potentially I think it's probably going to be the bar yeah hopefully that would be good and that is that is going to be hard hitting and unbelievable to see Um. Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. We we might finally get to see Becky win the title as well. I think we will. And then we're going to get Daniel Bryan and the Miz. And that storyline's been going on for two years. It's been going on for ten, eight years, nine years. <laughs> you know, so... And then who else could we be looking at? You know, there's couple of other matches that will take place. We still don't know what's going to happen with Nakamura. We may get Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. By the way, Hugh, Randy Orton is unbelievable as well. Yeah, that was very welcome this week oh, on SmackDown. That, pro- that promo is just what he's been thinking like this entire time for the last year, 12, 18 months. And he's just never really been able to say it. And it was just excellent. Excellent. Um, so yeah, and Let's say, and you and you get potentially could get Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. I now kind of think we're not going to. I was disappointed with what happened this week. They hugged it out again. Mm. I think, I, for me, it kind of it kind of resembles a, a real life friendship where you have ups and downs, etc. But I think now more, I think my belief is stronger now. I think that match will take place at the women's pay per view now. I am patient with this one. I've taught myself to be patient. I know it's a long game. It could be one of those ones where I've talked in the past about the likes of Jordan, Jason Jordan's on the night booking being a bit suspect, but over the course of the several months, it looks back well. Maybe, hopefully, this is the case with Sasha and Bailey. And I think it's been good that they've held off because one, you have this all women's pay per view, so they could have a sort of blood feud, as it were. Two. You've got the symmetry of their match in Brooklyn three years ago, which was like match of the year for me. So they've got that. They've, they've both come full circle and they're coming back to Brooklyn again at the height of, well, I don't know, it's not the height of their sort of achievements on the main roster, but they've done a lot in the last three years, both of them. So it'll be good to see that back in Brooklyn as a sort of farewell, a, a thank you to the Brooklyn fans for them. So I'm, I am patient with it. As I say, I was a wee bit disappointed that they hugged it out after the sort of interesting road that it took last week with Sasha bearing all a wee bit. And I think, you, like I say, like you say, sorry, <clears throat> it's just long term. I think, I think in the end, it probably is going to 
turned out to be okay. Sure, we, we might have wanted this match for SummerSlam, we might have wanted this match before, but there is some, there is a kind of story that I'm trying to tell us. So, mm-hmm. and everyone believes that WWE can't do long term, like long term booking and long term storyline, and when they're trying to do it, we're not really going to give them credit. I think they but do I it more think... often than not, actually. Sorry? I think they do long term storytelling more often than not, especially these days. Well, Daniel Bryan and the Miz, like, we, I mean, we can say eight years, but really it's been two years in the making. And fine, they might have stumbled into it by by pure luck that that Daniel Bryan got cleared because that looked like it was never going to happen under under WWE. Mm-hmm. But and I'm not saying that when they started doing what they're doing when they done on Talk Smack, the the end goal wasn't to have a match between them. Maybe maybe they said maybe one day, who knows? Unlikely, but it was always going to be a wrestler versus. A TV character sort of kind of feud and like I say they just kind of they locked into it in the sense that Daniel Bryan passed uh, the concussion test etc mm-hmm. I mean so this has been building for a couple of years now so there's there's one right there that they're trying to tell you a story about Roman that fine and Brock that a lot of people don't buy into and that's fine but they're trying to tell you a story there but like, you know, it, even even they try to tell you a little story about where the B team in the last sort of four or five months, mm-hmm. ever since they lost Miz, and now we look where they are now. Look at the Usos and New Day from last year. Yep. Which went into the start of this year as well. That was a mm-hmm. long story. There's been a lot. There's many examples. I just I, I wish people would be a bit more open-eyed about stuff like that because they do do long-term stories they might not be to everyone's taste that's a different matter the booking of these stories is that's subjective so I think there's a lot of things that people moan about such and such a promotion is better than WWE because A or WWE is shite because B I think for me it all boils down to booking at the end of the day and creative the stats the amount of time allocated to people, it doesn't matter, it's how these people are used and I think it's the creative that needs to up their game long term stories aside if they were a wee bit better it would be more palatable for everyone and, and just to sort of piggyback off what you said as well like if WWE isn't doing it for you fuck, New Japan are, by all accounts the G1 has been really good Impact have just put on arguably their best pay-per-view in a hell of a long time mm-hmm. Ring of Honor are still there there's there's promotions over in the UK etc there's Lucha Underground there's so many other things for you to watch and you don't need to and you don't get caught you're not constantly negative or upset about things yeah. So I say like like you're just doing it you you're doing yourself a disservice by continually being like this by constantly being uh-huh. down and upset and depressed by it because at the end of the day for me and I know a lot of people liking it to their favourite sports team or whatever, but you know my football team Man United if they made me that depressed to watch them, I would just cut them out of my life because I was like, I can't be constantly walking about being this kind of negative person. Mm-hmm. The um, James Vanderbeek from Grown Men Watch This Shit on this very social suplex podcast network he came up with a tweet a couple of days ago 
If you dislike WWE because it can't hang with New Japan in the ring, then just throw in the towel on WWE. It's not the product for you. They're telling different stories. There is too much wrestling available to pain yourself watching a product that constantly disappoints you. Could not have said it better myself at all. Yep, and, and to piggy, piggyback off that as well, I need to find the Facebook post. So it was, like it says, on Facebook I saw something, someone put something into the Wrestling Square Circle just talking about how how they're fed up with Roman and all this, etc, etc, etc. And I just simply put, and he says along the lines like, it's going to make me stop watching it again. And I just simply put, okay, stop watching then. Mm-hmm. And so, I was kind of being an arse about it. I was kind of wanting to get a reaction. <laughs> right? You? But Never. In all our social suplex messenger group, Tom, and Tom, I apologise if I'm going to butcher your surname. <laughs> it's Tom Gambardella. He just goes, if, if the WWE product's pissing you off this much, watch a different company. But G1 has been awesome. Impact to that awesome, pay- fantastic pay-per-view. Most of Lucha Underground is on Netflix. And the final bit was perfect. There's too much There's too much really good wrestling out there to watch something that you don't like. Aye. And that's what it kind of comes down to, man. Just watch something that makes you happy. Yeah, I want to sort of home in on... I get, like you, we're both going to be heels here. I will come across as a bit of an arse, but I think this has to be said. Um, in a way, I'm doing some sort of... I can't remember the therapist's name that was on Raw... What was that doctor's name? You're not talking about Dr. Shelby, are you? Aye. I'm going to do some Dr. Shelby and I'll pick the the hatred for Roman Reigns as an example. Um, I know this discussion or arguments had on many columns, many podcasts, many social media sites all over the place that he's over-pushed. So I did a wee bit of maths. Since he's lost the title, the, the sort of main event title he's had off the top of my head, five title opportunities all in all. Does that sound right? Um, so you had his rematch with the triple threat against the Shield guys. Mm-hmm. Then Kevin Owens. Yep. The title opportunity. And then the Sheamus one. That was after. I'm talking about since he lost the, the sorry, the, when he had the WD, WWE title run in 20, after he lost to Seth. Oh, right, yeah. Right. And then the two against Brock. The two against Brock, he had two against Kevin Owens and... The triple threat. Triple threat and the SummerSlam match. So he has five or six or something like that. And in two years, there must have been 20-odd pay-per-views in there. He's lost more pay-per-view matches than he's won, as far as I'm aware. He might have main evented more pay-per-views than I would like personally, but it's not it's not everyone. There's arguments about how much time he takes up on Raw, and I will include pay-per-view main events in this conversation. I think that perspective might be a wee bit skewed. I don't think he takes up as much TV time as you would think, but for anyone who thinks Roman's at the forefront, so I'm trying to how do I word this for anyone who thinks that there's a chance that there's a possibility that they're just so obsessed with going through the nuances of Roman's booking with a fine tooth comb that they're at the forefront of their mind so it just comes across that he's on TV all the time see if he bothers you that much just stop it just don't think about it watch something else if it really bothers you Um, you'll free up your Mondays or Tuesday nights it'll free up space in your DVRs 
I remember reading somewhere when I was reading something else, if you don't read it, it doesn't exist. Well, if you don't watch it, it doesn't exist. Just get rid of the thing. Do your do your own well-being a favour. Stop stressing about how many main events he's had. At the end of the day, he has a boss to answer to. It's not him that's making these decisions. Roman, he's not my favourite wrestler. He never has been and he never will be. He's an all-right wrestler who could be better in the, the ring. Sorry, could be better on the mic. But come on, like... Who cares that much? So, to piggyback, to piggyback on that point, right? <sighs> Folks, Monday Night Football, Benton Football starting in about six weeks' time. You can watch that on Monday Night instead if you want. Right? At the end of the day, like we say, your constant negativity, it's just going to bring yourself and others down around you. Like... Just be in a positive frame of mind. Like what? Like you said, watch something else, or just change the channel out of sight, out of mind. Look at what James Boyd did. He was upset with. I don't know if "upset" is the right word, but he wasn't happy with how things went down at WrestleMania season, the telly afterwards, and he said, "I'm giving it a break. I've got some sports to watch." Fair enough. Exactly, and and and, and he's kept in touch with the product, just either through just happening to see stuff on his Twitter timeline, or just certain things popping up now. But he doesn't watch it on a weekly basis. So yeah. if even if you just do that, just tune in for the pay-per-views, because maybe if you tune in for a pay-per-view, because we don't watch New Japan every week. I tune in for certain pay-per-views, and like I said, I've said it before, I get to have the luxury of going in and just saying, I couldn't care less who wins, don't care what the storyline is, don't care about anything, just give me a good match. And you can go in with that attitude towards any WWE pay-per-view. I think when it comes to Roman Reigns specifically. I think I think he's a good wrestler. He can be better on the mic. His raw promo is really good. That one there. Mhm. But folks, 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're forgetting. There's a whole different audience. There's a different fan base from us. Like. Kids, but and and I would assume the vast majority of them absolutely love Roman. We can't just completely disregard that part of the fan base and that part of the audience, just because, like, let's like say, like people like yourself or people in the other age bracket are not happy with him. But there's a whole different part of the audience that absolutely love Roman Reigns. And another thing, folks. There is a bigger elephant in the room than Roman Reigns being quote unquote on TV too much or whatever. It's your Universal Champion who's not on TV enough. Uh, oh, beautifully put. Fuck Brock. <laughs> Guys, I, I hope. I hope. Fuck. I hope DC puts a fucking weapon on him. That wasn't even rehearsed, guys. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. No. I think. Who's DC? The fear is that the Daniel, Daniel Cormier. Right. He's a, the, the guy's going to be fighting probably oh, in the back okay. end of January. I'm just showing myself up here, sure I am. Yep. Okay. I think now I believe when we saw the whole thing that Lesnar done with Cormier in the Octagon, which was Vince McMahon and the WWE creative team would have been proud of that segment because that was excellent for wrestling okay 
at the time I thought Lesnar was going to walk into at least I thought he was going to go into the Daniel Cormier fight as a Universal Champion and Rance went one further and said he was going to go to Wrestlemania next year but I think now I think we're all genuinely believing that, that he's going to drop the title now at SummerSlam Do you really think that? Do, is that your... I, I do now I do now because I was Why? utterly con- I was utterly convinced he was going to he was going to hold it to the DC fight. Why? I, surely they can't have Roman lose again. <laughs> like if it, if it was Lashley, I might be thinking otherwise. But I'm thinking surely they can't have Roman lose again. Surely not. Remember, and what? I think and I think all the other thing as it kind of lets you sort of get carried away is that KO and Braun for the briefcase yeah. as you called a wee, a wee while back like that as well makes you think oh my like, well why are they doing this match maybe they're going to do it now because they're going to put the briefcase on KO yeah. what's the point in having that stipulation in the first place if it's not going to play a part later on either yeah. down the line and I think, or and I think that's what night. a lot of people are thinking um, the only other thing that I can think of is if Lesnar retains he's, he's advertised for the next night on Raw as if Braun just comes down that night and say fuck this I'm cashing in right here right now and he beats Braun right so that let's like say there's a couple of factors where I think he's going to drop the title but I was convinced uh-huh. he was going to drop the title at Wrestlemania and I was even more convinced he was going to drop it at the Greatest Royal Rumble so you know Plans change. Hashtag card subject to change. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not too convinced that he will drop the title. Uh, Especially with this... I'm making up uh, Vince's fantasy in my head, but with seeing uh, Brock in the octagon with the red belt round his waist, probably gets him all excited. See, for me... Dana, Dana White will not let that happen. But see... I know there are a lot of fans out there of W or wrestling who like UFC. Fine, I'm not one of them, and I can name quite a lot, a few more who aren't UFC fans either. And there's the argument that UFC, if people see UFC and they see a WWE belt, it might bring more eyes to the product. But they're losing eyes from the product as it is because of this absent champion. Mm-hmm. I get that, but I think at the same time, it's so. I hate to use this word. It kind of legitimises pro wrestling or legitimises Brock or that title or the other wrestlers. And I hate to say that because it's not really it's not true at all. But in the outside of in the outside eyes, like non wrestling fans kind of might have that kind of thinking. It's the same when you tell someone you watch pro wrestling or you watch pro wrestling, you know it's fake. Yeah, you fucking idiot. I don't think these guys are actually beating the shit out of each other and throwing each other off hell in a uh, cages on a fucking concrete floor. Like, so, that might play a part, but Dana won't let it happen. And, and as a fan base, we better fucking pray that he drops that title at SummerSlam. Well, because I can guarantee you right now, the next time you see Brock Lesnar, if he's still the Universal Champion, is at WrestleMania. Unless, unless, um, they 
have him defend it at some point between at some point either in September or October because Brock's he's, he's he submitted his first urine test or some first sample to Osada last week or earlier on this week. But he's got to be in a testing pool until at least the fifth or sixth of January, they said. So the certainly the first week of January. So the earliest he could fight is basically like the eighth or the ninth of January, right? Mm-hmm. To go into such a fight, you would be having an eight to ten week camp. Probably closer to ten, I would say. So you count back from January ten weeks. That would take you say mid October, let's just say the absolute latest in the last week of October. He would then get a title defence in between SummerSlam and mid October, mm-hmm. where there's maybe one or two maybe two pay per views. And I don't see him dropping it there. Um and because like I say there's no chance he's going to come and defend or appear on Raw or anything while he's training. And you can't guarantee he's going to be a Royal Rumble because he could be busted up, he could be anything could happen to him uh-huh. I think I don't want to sp- spend a lot of time on Brock individually because we did that a few weeks ago and a, a podcast wholly dedicated to this um, subject but the, I would as pessimistic as I am about it I do hope the title comes off him if it's not going to be Roman you do have the possibility of Braun a very small possibility of Kevin Owens as well. I just think, why they, why did they have that stipulation? What is the need for it? Because it's very strict as well. Yep. Uh, because I of th- its I, DQ or anything. I think the vast majority is thinking Roman wins and KO catches in on that night. See, at the end of the day, like I might come across an absolute massive Roman mark. I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan, but he's not my favourite wrestler. He's probably even my top five. I really like him. I just want a full-time guy to have a title now. Uh-huh. Um... And in saying that, I saw I saw a lot of people say Brock Lesnar's holding the Universal title hostage and he's got no respect for the business, etc, etc. Brock Lesnar is not holding that title hostage. Get that in your fucking heads. <laughs> Vince McMahon runs the company and people do what he says. Simple as that. Uh-huh. Brock went out and negotiated a contract that whether you think he's worth it or not, you get what he negotiates. He negotiated a contract that every single one of us would love to have. Turn up at work like four or five times a year and get paid more than anyone else. Yep. So like, I can't I can't hate on Brock Lesnar as a businessman at all because he's absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. But fuck Brock. <laughs> the other title match that we have, WWE title, is AJ versus Samoa Joe. First of all, I thoroughly enjoy Samoa Joe when he's doing his contract signing segments because I don't know if you remember when Finn Balor and Samoa Joe had a contract signing on NXT TV a couple of years ago. Finn Balor was running his mouth as a face to Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's music hit. He came in the ring, he picked up the pen, signed it and walked straight back out. I thought, wow, what an impact that is. And he just did near enough the same thing again this week. He might have been absent from main roster TV quite a long time. Some of that's through to injury. Some of that's through to, quote-unquote, he's not the creative, haven't got anything for him. But see, when they use him, they know how to use Samoa Joe. Like, he has some know, some presence about him. Cafe buys people are saying, well, you've just beaten R-Truth and whoever else was at Ty Dillinger. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. K 
kayfabe wise why does he um, deserve a title job but then you see him just walking into the ring beating AJ up choking him out signing it walking away and then mouthing off at Paige that right there should seal it for anyone like alright okay that's why because as you said he has a fucking aura about him I've said before he has excellent um, speaking skills his promo work's unbelievable he doesn't put a single syllable wrong so to have him face off against AJ um, even on the mic is going to be really interesting because Samoa Joe's always got something interesting to say and, and in the ring it can it can blow us away it can but it can also put people in chin locks for 5 to 10 minutes it can and I don't think it will um, I don't know if it's a good idea to go back and look at go back and watch our stuff in TNA because your expectations might be that high because that's why minds are so high that you could well be left disappointed by whatever they decide to do booking wise, but I don't care. I'm just going to I'm just going to let myself get caught up in it and just get really excited about it because I am really really looking forward to this match. Mm-hmm. I think again I try and remember now that it might not be the best thing that we're seeing from people, but they're being used on TV, and I think that's it's good to have a sort of revolving door of characters on the show, so you don't get too tired of people. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's the thing. Like that's kind of the beauty of the two of us SmackDown because Nakamura wasn't on this week. You know, mm-hmm. um, AJ featured in one quick segment. Um, Daniel Bryan featured for about five minutes at the end, maybe. Um, Jeff Hardy wasn't there, so he was selling an injury. And I like I, I like that I like and it kind of reminds you in a way of like what NXT like because you don't see people every single week. Um, and speaking of NXT, I somehow have avoided all spoilers about Alistair Black and Tommaso Ciampa. I have no idea how I managed to do that, so I will be watching that first thing tomorrow morning. As will I. Do you know the outcome? Yes, Bruce Willis is a ghost at the end. Yep, 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 uh, yep. What was I going to say? Revolving door thing. Revolving door thing. Yes, I remember now. Revolving door about people being used sparingly. Authors of Pain come back. Well, they've been back for a while, but they had some promo time this week. And it looks like the reason they were away is because they were sort of learning some elocution lessons because they came across very articulate last night, eh, Monday night. The the problem with offers of pain, right, not talking about mic work or anything like that because it was always Paul Ellering during the NXT days that done the talking. They kind of ran out of, like, where to go in NXT like what was next but they were also not ready for the main roster yes I fully agree so like they were just really caught between a rock and a hard place what do you do what do you do because they literally had nothing else to do down at NXT uh-huh. um, I I don't think we're going to see them get a title shot yet because I think it's going to be B team and Revival but I certainly think come round about, I don't know, say October, November-ish, we could definitely see them in a title picture. 
I certainly feel the revival are next anyway in line. Uh-huh. Do you know, and what you were saying there, that's why I've got no issue at all with them pairing up with Titus Worldwide for a programme for a short space of time for a couple of reasons. One, that it just go, moving away from the comedy segments that we got in the tag team division too often on Monday Night Raw. Um, Titus and Apollo, not the best of wrestlers, not the best of mic talkers, but it's one of those ones again, revolving door, more people are getting used, you've got a lot of people on the roster, you need to keep wrestlers fresh as it were, you can't have a super card every single pay-per-view, I know we've got SummerSlam coming up, but um, it's good to just keep it fresh and also it's always good to have a different tag team feud that's out with the title scene as well. Yep, and on SmackDown we could maybe with the returning of the with the bar returning and Sanity de- debuting a few weeks back, we've, that's bolstered that division as well. So now it's not going to be just about the tag titles on SmackDown as well. Mm-hmm. So let's see, because now you could potentially maybe get Uso Sanity or. or I think the bar will win it, but then, like I say, I don't think you could always go back and do it with those new day because it was such good chemistry as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's been just about enough time for people to sort of get behind that feud as well. See, quietly, they're doing quite a few decent things over both shows, very slow, like very subtly. Um, it's just the things that people don't like. They're being shouted on, shouted about on Twitter. So, but see SmackDown, they actually. If it was Road Dog, then I hold my hands up and doff my cap to you because they sort of cleaned up a few issues. Well, not a few issues, but they did a few a callback with James Ellsworth interrupting AJ Styles' contract signing, saying it should be him to win the world title. <laughs> and that was quite funny. As a result, Paige fired him, so that was him out of the picture. And then after that, they had the Becky Lynch match with Carmella not having any. Um, ringside interference to help her I I thought at one point <clears throat> Carmella was about to win that it was, I think she hit with a super kick right at the end and got a very very close three fall and then Becky might have rolled her up into the disarmor um, I thought Be- I thought Carmella was about to win that and the other thing we got Almas versus Rusev as well yes and I know a lot of people have been I've not been impressed with what they've done with Almas since they came up. But a lot of people need to remember that a lot of people don't know who Almas is anyway because they're not they're not sure. They don't we don't watch NXT. Uh, I mean he was even he was only even in the main event scene of NXT for a short space of time. He didn't have the long, much, longevity that what, your Finn Balor's or Nakamura had or anything. Yeah, pretty much from what was it like when did he win it was it was it War Games? No, it wasn't War Games. Was it, was it War Games winning the title? Uh huh. So, was so back like. He was there for about six months, maybe? Six months sounds like a long time, but a lot of the focus. A lot of the focus has been on Gargano and Champa in yep. those six months. Especially especially with Turn of the Year. Mm hmm. So, <clears throat> I'm, I'm okay, but I would like him by. I would say maybe by at least the latest by Survivor Series I would like him to be in that US title scene potentially having the title as well because I don't think his time isn't yet I think <clears throat> maybe this time next year he'll be WWE he'll be in a WWE title scene yeah I agree I think with what's been going on 
again, I'm trying to teach myself to be patient, especially with the NXT call-ups, because we've seen in the past people get skyrocketed to the very top straight away, or very quickly. For example, Kevin Owens with John Cena, and Finn Balor with the Universal title, stuff like that. Paige winning the, the Divas title straight away. But if they play the long game, it, it is reward. I mean, at the end of the day, the creative, the creative team of the main roster aren't going to change everything at the drop of a hat just because you get four or five main roster rookies. And let's say sometimes it just comes back to the whole thing with offers of pain. Sometimes it just where do you go NXT once you've once you've done once you've been in the main title scene, held the title, etc. There might not just be anything for you there, but at the same time, there's just not anything for your main roster. But where should you're kind of stuck in limbo? Where do you go? Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I'm going to be patient with Almas because I've got such high hopes. And it, it, it like I said, I'm kind of excited what they could do with them in the future. And the same kind of ties in with Daniel Bryan because like a lot of people want these kind of dream feuds, dream matches with him at the moment. But it's like, man, just look at that. Look, look at the other. The other side of the coin, like you've got so many dream feuds that we could potentially get now. Yep, it's good. As I was saying earlier, not every show has to be a super card. They have to be decent booking, decent matches. We're still lacking the name, I think, but I think a lot of more emphasis needs to go back onto the big four because, for me personally, I've not been happy with WrestleMania for a good few years. Um, the Royal Rumbles. It's not my favourite stipulation of match anyway, so I usually prefer the undercard of those pay-per-views. Survivor Series has been good. I've enjoyed the Raw v Smackdown element in the last couple of years. Um, SummerSlam, hit and a miss. Hit and a miss, I would say. I think more focus should go back onto the big four. So with that in mind, if we're going to, if Almas is, if his time's not now, then keep him fresh for something like the Survivor Series where he can have a spotlight moment in the 5v5 match or a good showing in the Royal Rumble, for instance. Mm-hmm. Just to, I think we should just, <clears throat> just be patient and just... Because they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, you would think, but he's going to be a big player on SmackDown. And he's only 28 years old as well, so, mm-hmm. you know, he's still a young guy. And like we said earlier, if you're not patient, then there's NXT, there's even 205 Live if you want it, there's Unpacked. It's potentially going to be a fight. What's that, sorry? Back for a long time now, so... Sorry, you cut out there, what was it you said? Caleb has been... I said um, Caleb's been banging on about Impact for a long time, so... And it turns out he was kind of right. Yep, so anyone who was dissing Impact... Please issue Caleb an apology via his PayPal account, which is um, impactmark at gmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> that's not f- <laughs> that's not fair, really, is it? No, it's not. Oh, poor Caleb. I know. Anything else? No, from- I don't. No, I don't think so. Um... I think we've touched on everything we wanted to touch on. Yeah, it was a sort of whirlwind of opinion and stuff like that, but we've touched as much as we can. As we said, this has been recorded before the title match between Champa and Alistair Black. I'll be watching that in the morning. 
Ricky and I are yeah. going to an ICW pay per view on Sunday night. We're looking forward to that. You've got the likes of James oh, Storm, yes. Jeff Cobb, Grado, a few names that the American. In terms of the, who the American audience might know, or just no, I mean the the one the one person or female I know we're both looking forward to seeing. Well, we're looking forward to seeing two females, are we not? Yeah, we are. One of them being a Scottish lass, Viper, and <laughs> Session Moth Martina. Cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a good night, though. The great Jeff Jarrett will be on. The great Jeff the, Jarrett. The second best double J on the planet right now. <laughs> the first the first being Jermaine Jackson. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that. Um like I say, it's kind of stunned that I'm still... I've, I've not had that title match spoil for me, so... Like I say, we're watching it in the morning and look forward to it. Good. Shall we finish the show with a quiz tonight, then? Yep, yep, yep. yep. So, folks, um... Hold on. It's my turn. I need some space to splice in the music. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one, now... It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. So it's my turn for the quiz this week. There is a theme. So because I have made a triumphant return to the podcast, the theme of the quiz is going to be that. Returns, epic returns, or big returns. Feel free, to, feel free to be humble about your return, pal. Well, I'm, I'm one half of the show. And I should have done this at the start of the show. I was meant to, and I want to say thanks to Rance and Kyle for coming on in the weeks I was not here. and very much appreciated. It is. Right. <laughs> so here we go. Question number one. This is kind of easy, I think. Right, so The Undertaker returned to which pay-per-view to confront Randy Orton after Randy Orton lit a casket on fire with him inside? Survivor Series. 2005. Correct. Here we go. So I can't ask you for a specific date and show because this took place on Raw so I, I need you to describe how it went down right so after losing back to back matches against Batista at I believe Backlash and Vengeance 05 Triple H left for about 4 months or so but I think he had like nagging neck issues tell me describe his return on Raw oh. after his injuries fat Sorry, what? He looked as if he'd put on a lot of weight. <laughs> well, I mean, tell me what he'd done. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I, rem- I, like, I remember the... Did they not just come down to be pals with? 2006. What happened in 2006? I don't know. Pass. Remember he attacked Ric Flair with a sledgehammer? I don't. 
Anyway, well, he attacked Ric Flair after, he attacked Ric Flair with Sledgehammer after a match to set up a feud with them too. I'm getting mixed up with his 2007 return. Ah, right, okay. So many of them. I know. I, I was going to use his return from his quad injury, but everybody knows that. He returned to MSG and stuff like that, so... Right, question number three. Edge returned at the Royal Rumble 2010. Where in which city uh, did that take place and name the arena it took place in? Oh, I'm sure that was MSG because, was it not the one with the... Wrong. <laughs> okay then. The reason, because on commentary, Michael Cole said the name of the arena and it just kind of stands out for me. Right, okay, I've not got a clue then. It was in Atlanta at the Phillips Arena. Okay. Remember, because it was, um, who was in the ring? HBK, Cena and Jericho. Triple H as well, was he not? No, that was Cena. I'm getting mixed up with Cena again because I, I keep oh. I see the the hard cam has the the ramp. That's MSG though, isn't it? So Cena was MSG, and I can't remember what year that was now either. But it was <coughs> Triple H was in the ring, and I think he just hit the pedigree on Manga, Manga, <laughs> or Mark Henry. I can't, one of them. Um, so that was Cena. He came in at number 30. <clears throat> so, question number four. Oh, I don't think you'll get this, actually, at all. <laughs> you won't. Right, anyway. <laughs> in which state did Bret Hart make his return to Raw as a special guest host? It was advertised for weeks and weeks. It was, it was speculated he was going to come back and Vince announced it on like the last Raw of the year and he came back on like January 4th or 5th or something it was 2010 I think aye 2010 yeah I'm going to can I can I ask a question first Mm -hmm. definitely a state and not a province no a state okay was it Texas no okay it's in the north-east-ish or north. <laughs> anyway, the Miz comes from there. <sighs> Sugar. <laughs> Johnny Gargano. Uh, do you know where the Miz comes from? Miz Conson. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know. LeBron James. <sighs> Ohio. Ohio. Hey, yo. Right. <clears throat> AJ Lee returned in 2014 and faced who in her first match back? When in 2014? I believe it was either the back end of June or July, I think it was. So she was, she was gone for about maybe between 8 and 12 weeks I would hazard a guess at Paige correct thank you and she won the title that night as well 
Okay. Okay. Next question. Do you? I need, I need to know if you remember this guy first. Of all. Do you remember Lord Tensai? Uh huh. Matt Bloom. Who did he? Yes. Who did he face in his WWE debut? I know this is a debut kind of question, but he kind of returned, but just returns a different character. Uh huh. Um, John Cena. Nope. Don't know then. He was associated with the Miz for a while. Alex Riley. Yes. That gimmick had no chance to go over whatsoever. Oh, it was horrendous. Look, the mad fake painted on tattooed across his face as well. Poor Matt Bloom saddled with so, so many <laughs> well, he's doing well for himself now I know it's a, it's a miracle because he was a tattooist he was a sort of bouncer for a strip club or something he wore leather pants he wore no pants well he did wear some pants he just singlets oh. <laughs> and he Jeez. used to just run about going ah a lot of the time My goodness, right. Dude Love debuted <sighs> in which match or against who? Was it Austin? Was that against Austin? Uh-huh. No, but Austin was involved in the match. <sighs> I'm not sure. Right, so it was a tag match and the two opponents have passed away. <sighs> and they are related. Right, they've passed away and they're related. And we mentioned one of them on the show earlier on. And a sibling, one of their siblings was actually mentioned in the quiz. <laughs> I've hit a blank. Owen? Yes. Both of them have passed away? Mm-hmm. Who was it? He has something in common with me and you. Bulldog? Yes. Well, they were siblings-in-law, but I'll give you it. <laughs> but what, it's true. I know, I know. I know, I should have been clear about that. Right, last question. When remember when the Undertaker returned at Judgment Day two thousand? Oh, I remember it very well. Yes. Came down his bike. Uh-huh. He had that epic Titantron stuff going on. Oh, what, God, I. That was that was creepy with the little girls. Uh-huh. What was the score between Triple H and The Rock when the Undertaker came down? When it was an Iron Man match. Uh, five each well done I told you I remember a very vivid memory of that last five minutes because they sort of mucked the finish up a wee bit they had to rush things because Rock was down 5-3 I think with about 7 or 8 minutes to go maybe Mm. 10 and then when it went to 5 each all of DX and everyone came down and they all attacked the rock and then Taker came down and cleaned house and then got disqualified that was that was a shocking return that one I know came down his bike as well uh huh 
His ginger hair. The the ginger taker. Uh, so that was the end of the quiz. I struggled with that one tonight. I think it's because I went with several of my favourites that I that I would know. Uh-huh. Like the Bret Hart one, like how the f- you would never get that Bret Hart's one of my all time favourites. Obviously there's two taker questions in there as well and the Triple H one, I don't even know if people would have even remembered that injury. Cause I think people mainly just always remember he's Thing injuries, the, the two quad ones. Quads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a hard one, and I wonder if people. How did you get on with the anagram one last week? The pay per views. Oh, like I'm. You know, I'm terrible on the spot with quizzes. Mm-hmm. Like, it, if you would like text me and stuff like that, I can get it all for just sort of like casually talking. I could do it, but see, when it comes to the actual quiz. My mind just goes blank. I absolutely capitulate under the pressure. Well, um, just to let you know, it's not the similar vein next week, but thanks to my brother, there will be another version, another sort of category of quiz next week, debuting on the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show. Submitted by your brother? The idea submitted by my brother. Oh, okay. Um, And it's a very slight variation to the Who Am I? Alright. A wee bit. I'll leave it at that just now. That sounds interesting. Aye. So, speaking of that social suplex podcast network that we're on, we also have colleagues in the Grown Men Watch This Shit that cover all the indies, uh, the independent promotions. You've got One Nation Radio with Rich Latter. You have Keeping It Strong Style, the New Japan, a lot of stuff going on at G1 at the moment, Tamatonga's Heel Turn. Um, apparently not going down so well actually in terms of how it's booked and stuff like that so if you want to hear what Josh and Jeremy think of that tune in to their most recent Keeping It Strong Style and you have Outsider's Edge with Rance and Carl usually towards the tail end of a week on the Social Suplex website socialsuplex.com you can subscribe to these podcasts as well as the columns that go on there by pressing the subscribe button go straight to your email um, leave us a 5 Six, seven, eight star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, and Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group. Go in there and check us out with our shoot names. Well, my shoot name, not your shoot name. And we are at Ricky and Clive on Facebook and Twitter. I think that's it. Nailed it. Did I really? You did. You did. Um, I will add, we. Are most I think we are going to be on Outsider's Edge tomorrow. Yep, possibly. Yep. So if, if the stars look are out for us on that. Some hot takes coming your way. Yep, it's the, the interesting thing is going to be what time we're going to be recording. Ah, well, that's still to be determined. Yep, I'm hoping it's it is the usual time for Rance and Cal where we do it, which will mean because that will mean all four of us will be on. Mm-hmm. Which is not going to be fun waking up at half past one in the morning. Yeah. But it's for a good cause. Speaking of hot takes, I've got a joke for you to end the show. Oh God. Go on. What does Michelle McCool call her husband when she is feeling all, wow, I've got an attractive husband? She, call, she calls him. 
Hot takes. <laughs> I like that one. Do you? I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> oh, let's see if anyone else does. Oh, I'm sure they won't. Okay. Well, no, I think Rance actually likes some of your jokes. Maybe he just laughs out of pity for me. No, I don't think so. Maybe. Before we go, guys, I just remembered <laughs> on, I had to on, cut back on that note again. Good night. I had a dream about Dave Meltzer a couple of nights ago. Take care, folks. <laughs> where, hey, you. where I was walking back, for some reason I was walking back to a house that I've never seen it before, it probably doesn't exist, uh, and Dave Meltzer was following me home. And I didn't really say anything. I was like, are you Dave Meltzer? I just sort of, he was asking for direction somewhere. And I kept thinking, that's Dave, that's Dave Meltzer. I'm going to ask him if I can get a picture with him. But then I wasn't so sure to ask him, not because I was, I wouldn't say starstruck, starstruck but uh, it turns out that it was, it looked a lot like my mum in the dream. So I didn't ask him in case it was my mum. <laughs> You know who's going to pop for that story? Who? <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeremy just loves the kind of stupid shit we say. <laughs> oh. uh, That's it, excellent. <laughs> it was random because he kind of had a wee perm going on as well. <laughs> and my mum doesn't have a perm, even though that's who I thought she, he looked like. <laughs> anyway, night-night, guys. Take care, folks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time.